now listening to the Black Variant. Black Variant on RNC Radio. all that we still somehow made to issue 175 of the black variant and before yeah. we go further into the show i want to give a special shout out to the a show today because today was their six-year anniversary show in the six-year anniversary of the pod i just want to say i am so proud of justin i am so proud of meals i love y'all so much thank y'all for everything y'all provided us for this podcast um and so much more man thank you we love you keep doing what you're doing and Keep dunking on people because <laughs> we gotta have a trial. <laughs> we gotta have a trial in the A show Discord next week. This shit gonna be fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but welcome to issue one seventy five of the Black Variant, everybody. I am X Exile, of course, joined by ten seventy Vin with the guy in New York himself, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and we are here to give you the latest and greatest in comic book news. But of course, before we do that, we gotta bullshit just a bit, just just a tiny it's little right. bit. So, enough about my Halloween, brother. How has your Halloween been? Have Halloween. you seen it? Have you seen enough Velmas to make you happy? (laughs) All the Velmas in the world. (laughs) The Velma is the official uh, costume of Halloween for for women, man. But the the official costume of the people who be, you know what I'm saying, be out there slutty. You feel me? Yeah, exactly. Not shaming for being slutty, but you know how out there be slutty. We see you, we respect you, we appreciate y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but nah, man, I've been good. I've been chilling. Um, today kind of made me reminisce like what was my favorite Halloween as a kid? Like with my favorite Halloween costume I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was definitely the White Ranger. I came Yo. in full White Ranger up. I, I, I was so mad. Only thing I didn't have was the gloves. I was very disappointed in myself, and I had. See, don't don't nobody ever have the gloves to complete, to complete their cost. Like shout out to shout out to Thiggy Man on Twitter, right? Yeah. My man with in the full Batman joint, <laughs> his hands exposed to the world. I ain't calling him Ashy because they ain't Ashy, but he he in the full joint. No, no gloves though. You know what I'm saying? Hands what happened to the, the gauntlet? Yeah. yeah. And, and this is how you know when you start to get old, bro. When you go outside, your hands get cold. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. because, because of the snow, you because this is the first real cold day of the year or oh, since summer, right? Um, we had to go outside this morning with young Appa. Mm-hmm. Bro, my hands started shaking just as soon as the wind touched them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Man. I, was, I was like, nah, bro, let me get my black ass outside, back, back inside and get my gloves. You know what I mean? It's always one point at the beginning of winter when you like, that wind just catches you at the right moment. You're like, oh shit, it's real cold. Like, you yeah, I mean? yeah. You do the, uh, you start patting yourself down to make sure you're good. Like, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the type of wind that like goes through your coat. Y'all, y'all know yeah. exactly what I say. What I, what I mean when I say this. The type of wind that goes through your coat go get goes through all your. It feels like it goes through like your whole body. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like you realize food. you got a bullshit coat on. Like, oh, let me go. Get <laughs> Got in a little windbreaker, yeah. That went cut right through. Yeah, the Chicago test. Um, yeah. <laughs> dog, it, it's it's been cold as shit. Um, I realize I am damn near a decade into my adulthood, and I have not been to an adult Halloween party. Really? Wow. Really? Damn, and see, bro. like, so I was always either gone or just coincidentally busy in college the weekend of Halloween, whether it be going home or you know, saying dealing with something with beloved. Da da da. It just always happened to be busy, and as an adult. You know, two or three of them years with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and you're saying I had to once again coincidentally busy around Halloween this year. So I didn't I ended up getting to, to dress up and stuff. But next year, I gotta make that happen. 
Yeah, yeah I gotta make it happen. Absolutely. I gotta be man. I gotta be out there like the dude who be uh in the sweeter bike in Mando in the UK. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nancy goes viral every year. Shout <laughs> oh, to him. But now adult Halloween is always fun because it's just like the references people pull from because we're older than the kids, you know what I mean? We could pull from a little deeper references. It's yeah. always a good time. Yo, I had I think take the back. I went to one adult Halloween party, it was in college, right? And mm-hmm. I remember I remember I don't really remember the night because the party was whack, but um I remember one lady was dressed as rogue and nobody okay. had got the joke or reference all night for her, right? Right. And I feel bad for her because she was she was just in that really shitty part of the, the era where um uh, X-Men references were no longer fun. Um yeah. like when the MCU was definitely taking hold, so like no one got the reference. I literally just looked at her, I was like, Oh shit, what's up? What's up, sugar? She was like, "Oh my god, nigga, you are the first person to get this all night." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, uh, so on the same vein of like very low key, very like deep cut Halloween references, yo, I saw somebody who did the uh, the Owl family from Diablo, dog. Like, nice. <laughs> I, I, I love so I love all them small. Like I see a thousand Batman's. I see even less Iron Man's now since Endgame. God bless. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the small things. I I love like. I saw somebody dress as Julia Pennyworth, Alfred's daughter from the Snyder Run. What the um, fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, some crazy off-cut shit. And I was like, "Are you? Are you Alfred's daughter?" She's like, "How the fuck did you get this, bro?" Like, she wasn't even she wasn't even impressed with the boy. She just said, "How did? You, how deep and deep dark are you in this to get this reference, dog?" Yeah, that's a that's a real deep cut. And th- honestly, that's the beauty of Halloween as an adult, though. The older you get, the more you know, the more specific your references get. The more, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the fun part about it. That's the best part about it, honestly and truly. Um, yeah. I mean, like that's the best part about it, unless you're Keith Lee and he's currently fighting all over the Atlanta food scene. Um, <laughs> he's going one on one, man. He's Captain America in the elevator, bro. Yo, how do you feel about that shit? Just seeing that play out, like in live, like in real time. You know what I mean? I think it's funny. I think it shows like uh, where like rest of restaurant customer service has gone like over the last few years. I'll probably say since the uh, the, the early wave of the pandemic was over, I feel like it's kind of shined a light on like how shitty like restaurant services and and it's like how social media has just like tainted our minds on what um. The food industry should be, man. Absolutely. I, I agree with that to an extent. Not to say you're wrong or nothing about that, but yeah, I think yeah. especially especially Atlanta, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and cap like You've I ain't been never dunking been dunking on the, the, the city of Atlanta all week. So I, you know, coincidentally, it just happened to be the way we Keith, Keith Lee came. But still, yeah. um, Trey Young is underperforming. So that's another bonus for yes, the city of Atlanta at the moment. Yeah. Um, but dog, how do you, I think. I think what he does is so cool, right? Like I think I think he's generally a nice person, and he, yeah. he, he yo, he proved me wrong because I thought all MMA fighters were a piece of shit. And I'm just waiting on the moment for this nigga he's to wild like out. The, he's him and Robbie Lawler, the only two good ones. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, him and Keith Lee, Keith Lee has proven me wrong, super wrong so far. And listen, a lot of a lot of people just be out here like acting just just for the camera or whatever. Brother Nature, I'm looking directly at you. Yeah. Um. But Keith Lee, my nigga, he went into the restaurant. He sent in, he sends in his family first. For those of you who don't are not familiar with Keith Lee, Keith Lee is a food blogger on TikTok. He's mad, he's mad niggerish, mad cool. Very not very religious, but he's like a very God bless you person. He doesn't push it on you, but he's a very God bless you person. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. He's a very gracious man, very humble, right? At least from what I can see. This thing could be completely different behind closed doors. We don't know. But he does he's a food blogger. All he really does is just go to places, sit in his car, eat the food on camera, rated one through ten. 
and does what he can for the business. If he fucks with it, and if he doesn't, he just says, God bless and keep it pushing. He literally goes out of his way in videos to be like, yo, please don't dox these niggas. Don't harass them. Don't review bomb them. Don't pull up and hit these niggas with an F5. Don't be throwing niggas through the glass like Brock Lesnar did with Wee Man. Yeah. Keep it pushing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and despite all this, right, he went to Atlanta and he talked about his experiences, right? I think it was, I forgot also, what. Also, you gotta, you gotta, you can't forget to mention, he's like probably the biggest uh, influencer in the food space right now. Like, yeah, no absolutely. Um, like, for example, he went to a spot when he came to Chicago, I wanna say either the end of September or like early October. He went to a spot called Cleo's and they hadn't opened yet. And mm-hmm. since he's been there, my nigga, they've had a line out the door damn near every day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to mention they hadn't opened yet. This nigga like basically made them hit all their sales goals day one, week one. Yeah, you know and what I mean. What he does for spots, like he kind of like takes uh, like lesser known spots or yeah, make something bigger. He's primarily known like he's from Vegas. So like I watched a, a TikTok from him a couple of days ago that uh this dude's spot had just opened like this his wing spot had just opened up and he sat down ate the food and was like boss this shit is delicious and he went out of his way to be like yo if anyone comes pull up to the spot in fifteen minutes I'll give you five hundred dollars. Like he's he's that type of person, you feel me? Um, and not to mention, he would just go out of his way to make a video about a spot he's previously been to, be like, "Yo, God bless you." You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm glad you're doing well. And he'll even dedicate specific portions of the videos to people to make sure like they they hear these his words. Mm-hmm. Um, all that's Im- important for context. But here's the story, right? He what Keithley does when he goes to these spots is because like he knows niggas will treat him different because he's internet famous, right? Um, he sends in his mama or his wife or whoever he's with, basically at the time. To go to the spot to try to get the food, pick up the food, make a reservation, da da da, right? Um, so basically, what happened was he sent his wife in, and his wife came back and told him, like, they told us an hour and a half wait. They told us there was no way to order, like, to go on DoorDash, even though, even though they they are open on DoorDash, they're not taking orders on DoorDash. Right. Um, they don't take reservations. They don't have a buzzing system, which means they don't like have a, a method to basically to notify you after your wait time is up, after a table is open. Um, like, come on, if you, if you grew up in, if you are even roughly me and Van's age, just really below the age of 40, you have absolutely been to a restaurant and be like, here's a 30 minute wait, here's a buzzer. And then you went to the nearby target to go fuck around for 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Before you get to your restaurant, right? They even have that, right? (laughs) They even have that complicated technological system, right? Right, right. They even have that. So they come back out and say, yeah, they told us an hour and a half and we just got to wait. And Keith Lee was like. All right, dog. So Keith Lee walked into the restaurant and said, what's the way for the table? And they were like, oh, shit. It's Keith Lee. Yeah, come right through. Yeah. Come on down. Nigga. Yeah, come, come on. He, they were like, yo, five minutes, nigga. Yo, you fix the table. He was like, but, but y'all just told my wife an hour to an hour and a half. Wait, is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? What, yeah. what, what are we doing here? And they're like, you know what I'm saying? It's first come, first serve, which is which is called for nigga, you're famous. We're going to do you right because you're famous, right? right? Right. And he eventually told them people like, you know what? God bless. I'm good. I'm not going to eat here today. I'm going to go somewhere else, but y'all have a good day. Bye, right? Mm-hmm. The manager walks out to go talk to him to try to convince him to come back and eat. And there's two videos from two different people, from two, two different perspectives, showing Keith Lee and whoever he had with him, with the manager, um, and basically talk to him like, and you can hear his words because the nigga is yelling in the parking lot. Um, very clearly, basically <laughs> saying, "Yo, you just told my wife an hour and an hour and a half." Not to mention, there is that person over there sitting in the car, the person right there sitting in the car. Mad people waiting. Yeah, yeah, mad people waiting in front of me for a food 
you told me an hour and a half wait, and you ain't even you ain't even tried to address your problems with them. Nah, bro. Like I, he told them I will eat here on the condition that you feed or like at least fill the orders of everybody yeah. who wants to eat here. Like even if you don't have the the manpower and the in the resources to sit them down and let them eat, you can at least fill the, give them food. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't even do that, so he dipped. Like very stand up of him. I, yeah, say, they're you know. extremely stand up of him. That is a that is something that is a dying breed these days. Because I we know because since then we have seen niggas on Twitter being like, "How dare Keith Lee walk out of a restaurant for doing bad business?" Like <laughs> or be like, "Shit, I would have cut the line. He need to yeah. use his celebrity." Like, nigga, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would have cut. Man, I'm big stepper in my city. I never got away. All right, man. All right, dog. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um. I in like it's I think it's wild to find controversy in the in the stance of yo I'm willing to eat at your restaurant but you have to let everybody who was here before me seat, <laughs> be seated and eat right yeah. and on that condition I will eat at your restaurant and niggas took it as Keith Lee is too good for Atlanta that is so why I'll be honest though like a lot of the citizens haven't been like uh going against them they've been close on what you've been saying about you know certain certain spots in that city. Yeah, like just in our experience, neither one of us are from Atlanta, but we know several people from Atlanta, and this sounds like some on-brand Atlanta shit. Yeah, or some it doesn't we... sound too far off from what we what we know, you know. Exactly. So this sounds like things we have either heard, we have either experienced ourselves or experienced secondhand through people, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody happened to be famous and go through the same shit and was like, no. And once again, even despite all this, right? My man's went out of his way to make a video about it and then said, Don't dox them. Don't review bomb them. Don't throw somebody to the crib. Me. <laughs> don't don't fight. Yeah, yeah, don't firebomb the crib. Don't do nothing. This is just my experience. Keep it pushing. But me, oh like Van just said, yeah. like like me, I would have been like, all right, man. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. I hope you. I hope your business fail. I hope your gas burner explodes when nobody's here. You know what I mean? We're cutting the ultimate shoe promo on them niggas, yo. <laughs> Talk about a pipe bomb, brother. <laughs> I yo, I would have, I would have gone CM Punk on Cole Cabana's podcast Absolutely. level of scorched earth if they had disrespected my parents. I'm fucking or, hungry and I'm fucking or, tired, or my spouse like that. Like I'm fresh off a flight and this happened. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, man. But you know, God bless Keith Lee for going through that. He's but a good dude. He's a good dude. He's a very good dude. Um, there anything else besides like you know the obvious Palestinian genocide going on right now? And once again. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Israel, not fuck all Jews, but fuck Israel. Zionist Jews, Zionist Israel at the moment. We're not saying fuck all Jews. I'm not cool with the anti-Semitic talk, but fuck Israel right now. Absolutely. Um, besides that, is anything else going on? Uh, not to my knowledge. That seems okay. to be pretty much okay. everything. Okay, yeah. cool. Keith Lee, a little bit of Spider-Man talk, Halloween. Okay, I'm cool. Oh, the <laughs> NBA is back. Yeah, the NBA is back. Oh. Uh, if anybody wants league pass uh free for uh, three months, just make a five dollar bet on it on, on FanDuel. That's not an what? ad, but I'm telling you niggas to come up. Wait, you all you got you make well, a one five dollar bet and you get a league pass free for three months. Does it work if I keep making new accounts? It might actually. I don't know. That might, might be something. We, we might, we might. I'm gonna come back to this later. Tim, hit me with the parlays. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's where you have it. Um, what the f- has anything that happened? Nah, ain't, ain't all right, cool. Let's get into the show. Then. Ain't shit yeah. happen. Um, let's start with dead shots, right? First of all, I wanted to give you all a very tangible good thing here on this Halloween, especially since we missed last week's episode just because real life shit ended up happening. But here's a present for y'all free game for everybody here. 
I want you to open up your Netflix app, whether it be on your TV, your PS5, your phone. I want you to go on there. I want you to go to New Arrivals. I'm going to give it 10 seconds. You might put, even put in some Jeopardy music right here. Matter of fact, I'll freestyle that shit. Do, 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 do. All right, cool. So open at New Arrivals. And she, you should notice the first and biggest thing in that motherfucker. And if you somehow scroll down from like the big, you know, showcase thing at the top and missed it, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is now streaming on Netflix. Talking so about it is? Oh, yes. Shit, I didn't know this. Hold on now. <laughs> or it, may, it might be starting tomorrow, actually. But still, yeah, by the time yeah. by the time y'all hear this, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse will be streaming on Netflix. You should go watch it for Halloween. This is X in the Black Variant. And then, blessing y'all today. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I've been itching to watch that movie again since I've seen it. What was it? Yeah, all, all the way in June? It was, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long yeah, year, hasn't it? Been a minute, yeah. That was, that was, that was three Trump recall charges ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. It really, it literally was. Too. It really, it really was. Um, but more in Dead Shots this week. Tom Holland Spider Man 4 is eyeing a late 2024 production start. I'm assuming that means like the strike gets handled in the next three months. Um, then how do you feel about it? I mean, that makes sense. I think, um, only reason I, even I think it's getting pushed back besides the strikes for that long to actually like shoot it is because um, before the strike, Zendaya was due to uh, shoot Euphoria. And I think she has obligation to shoot that first. So they have to kind of wait. So they got to push it back no matter what then. Yeah. So like um, it's, if it's going to be end of the year next year, if the strike and everything handles in like a decent time, if they end, you know, decide to pay niggas, uh, but they're going to have to wait. It's going to be late next year. Anyway, you slice it. If, if this is eyeing a late 2024 production start, and like, let's just assume it's going to get pushed back to 2025 because, like, that's how the movie industry is at the moment. Um, when does Secret War start filming? 2025? Isn't Kang, yeah, at least Kang Dynasty is supposed to start filming. Okay, so where exactly does Tom Holland Spider Man Force like basically flow on the production list for Marvel is guess what I'm trying to say. Is this going to be a pre-Secret Wars thing? Is it going to be a post-Secret Wars thing? Are we going to be living in a post-Kang MCU when this movie comes out? Like, Well, given given everything, it was supposed to take place a good amount of time before uh, Secret Wars and all that happens, but they might have to re-rock the remix or whatever they was going to do. It's cutting close unless they're going to push back Kang, Dynasty, and Secret Wars, but they might, which they actually might have to do. Yeah, we're going to see uh, the last update SAG is the the last update SAG provided um, or SAG after provided is the same update they provided the last time, which is we have made progress, but we still ain't moving shit on residuals and AI. So uh, progress. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, cutting it a little close, the Marvels uh, releasing on November 10th, currently tracking to still make 70, 80 million dollars, but um. Yeah, bro, it's in it's in 10 days. How are you feeling about this? Yo, man, I've this is like probably the least fanfare for any like Marvel movie I would have to say since maybe like Incredible Hulk, like all those years Damn. ago. Like yeah, have we really fallen that far? <laughs> we we have unfortunately. Like I feel like this movie, um it has it has none of the uh, hoopla around it like other movies have. Um it, it's unfortunate, man. But once again, it's due to their um the strikes, man, you know. I pay them people. Pay you know, pay them people, man. That's that's I can't even say much about it because that's that's basically the same thing that's happened to everything else. Yeah, yeah got actors promote shit, so nothing's doing as well as it quote unquote should. Yeah, um, man. but 
the Marvels. What a sad story. But I think this is going to add uh, more pressure to a movie we'll, we'll talk about later on. It's, it's adding. It's going to add even more uh, expectations and pressure to that movie because if this movie doesn't do uh, well, at least critically. I mean, like, think of it as, like, from a holistic, like, take a big step back and think of it overview, right? Just general box, like, general franchise healthiness, right? Captain Marvel 1 made 1.1, 1. 1.2 billion? Yeah. Correct? Moving. Let me make sure I got the numbers completely right. 1.13 billion. Yeah, okay. I knew across the billion, yeah. So 1.13 billion, right? And Captain Mar the Marvels is tracking for a 70 to 80. And let's let's assume like it does better than that, hit 90, right? For an opening weekend. Um how much did um how much did Barbie get in the opening weekend? Was it half a billion? Yeah, like almost like six hundred. Okay. So let's say six six hundred. Let me see what the Captain Marvel's opening weekend is so we can compare properly. It was around 100, about roughly, hold up, Google sucks now, so I got to scroll a little bit. Uh, <laughs> its opening weekend was 455 million worldwide, Captain Marvel, right? Jeez. So that means this opening weekend has shrunk by, by five times. It is, it is five times smaller. It is tracking for a five times smaller opening weekend than it did the original. That means let's let's just assume this is the scale, right? Five times smaller, one point one three billion. That's roughly like what two point seven five billion? No, two hundred seventy five million dollars, right? Yeah. Roughly. That's that's not good, man. It's not good. It's like, granted, those Captain Marvel uh, numbers are a little inflated due to just due to um, it coming off uh, Infinity War. Yeah, still, like, like that was that was firmly the in game era. Like, yeah, yeah. That in, that in between that area was like, it was crazy. Everything was hitting a billion. Even DC movies hitting a billion. Uh, what a time! Shout out to Aquaman. But yeah, man, it's, it's rough. It's gonna it's gonna be rough. But once again, the movie following that that's coming out is uh Deadpool, and it's gonna put a lot of pressure on that movie. <laughs> we gonna talk about Deadpool. We definitely later. gonna talk about Deadpool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Actually, let's get into Gen V a little bit because oh, your boy, man. your boy, actually sat down and, and caught up. At least I'm at the point where, um, spoiler alert, Jordan and Marie Moreau had a thing, yeah. or or did a thing. I'm at that point. I'm not sure if that's the latest episode, but that's where I'm at. Um, how do you generally feel about the show? I I really like it. It's probably um, it's one of my favorite shows this year. I think easily. I think um, they've done a really good job with it. It's uh. I like it's it's kind of different from the boys, uh, like just structurally. Like mm. I think it still has all the the grotesque violence and nasty shit, but like it's still like like um, the blow to dicks. Yeah, Will. but it feels like almost like um, it's more deliberate in what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, it seems a little more focused in the boys for me. I'm only saying this because I just watched No Way Home. Um, <laughs> but you remember in No Way Home and Doctor Strange like, hey yo, Scooby do this shit. Yeah. Gen V feels like they tried to Scooby do the boys, which is a very good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the boys to me is a lot of torture porn. Um, right. It's a lot of violence for the sake of violence. It's a lot of niggas getting their heads bust off for the sake of niggas getting their heads bust off. Um, and Gen V basically like there's because they're in a set structure of, of school, of a school basically. Um, there's a little bit more of a con like basically action and consequence mechanism. Mm -hmm. Um, so the way the season has worked out so far is the gang rescued 
Golden Boy's little bro, Sam, who is, correct me if I'm wrong, he's functionally Sentry, right? He's schizophrenic. He's basically Superman. He's basically Sentry, right? Yeah, essentially. Okay, so Sentry from the Woods, which is basically like their, um, like the Boys Weapon X program, basically, for those of you who don't, mm-hmm. or do not keep up with this. Um, they save Sam from the, Sam from the Woods, which leads to basically the gang forming. That's how all the, basically, the side character or the peripheral characters converge. So that's how you get Marie, Andre, Emma, Sam, Kate, which was uh, Golden Boy's ex, who is now currently fucking Andre, um, and Jordan, basically coming together to take down the woods and basically figure out what the fuck is going on underneath the school type shit. Um, I thought the way they, they built the sexual tension between Jordan and Marie Moreau was really good in a way, and they did it in a way where I didn't peep game until basically it happened. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I thought that was very, very smart. With that being said, speaking of very, very smart and not very, very smart things, bloated dicks. I want to talk about this for just one <laughs> second, right? Listen, we are what three years past the first giant dick appearing on the boys. Why do we have to keep doing this, right? Now, mind you, I'll give you the full context for this particular one. In this context, Marie Moreau, the main character, explodes a telepath's meat for trying to like use his powers to accost her, and deservedly so. You shouldn't have no meat if you try no shit like that, right? But, but did I have to see, like, did they have to put the camera directly on the man's meat, and then I had to see it engorge, <laughs> and swell, and eventually bust in a, in a, in a, I, I don't want to see other people's meat bust in general, but in the way I saw it bust, it made me acutely uncomfortable. Right, All right, man. Right. Can we stop showing meat for the sake of showing meat is what, what I'm trying to say. And I, I feel like this with basic nudity as well. If I ain't got to see a titty, why is there a titty there? Now, mind you, if I'm watching shit like Winning Time where titties are contextually important. <laughs> the importance of titties, yeah. Right, yeah. that's important. But like, if we, if we could... Basically, if we can avoid having a, a sexual accosting scene, a sexual assault scene, should we not take the take that measure and not have that scene if, we, if it doesn't really push the story forward? Like, this man getting his just desserts for trying to accost her was really cool, right? Like, that, I think that's a genuine moment that was good for her character development. But that could have been done without showing him his meat exploding in 4K. Yeah, pretty much. But also, at this point, unfortunately, I feel like that's just the running gag of the show. Like dicks are going to explode like <laughs> for, for some strange reason eric kripke really loves exploding dicks in, in his content yeah um, um no nah, jim v is good i think they're doing a lot with with a mini series like this was like a six issue thing you know for them to take it this far is uh kind of is cool but also i think it's, it gives them a perfect exit to the boys you know what i mean if they want to end the boys which I think they should do within not this season, but definitely the season after this one. I think next season is the last, right? Yeah, I think they have a really they can really just keep it going with Gen V and do something unique. Yeah, I I really think like the way they handle bulimia with Little Cricket Emma, um, yeah. the shorty who shrinks basically, um, and like I think the way they handle her body body image issues is really not cool, but but smart, right? Basically, mm-hmm. she. In the episode we saw it where it basically got explored deeply, um, she basically reached her own conclusion of fuck you, my, fuck my mama, fuck everybody who helped my mama do this to me, yeah. and especially fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Right. And basically her learning to love her own abilities, love her own powers, love love the things she is capable, she are she is capable of, right? I think that was really smart to do, and I think that the way they handled that was really well, and that was a good way to do it. Um, I think. I don't know how I feel about Sam, like, like Century in general. 
or yeah, I'm just gonna call I, him Sentry. Like man, just a, just a tortured character. Like, even though he's Sentry, he kind of reminds me of like Havoc. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and even in like in the boys' context, he's basically Nor like uh Black Nard that can talk. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they deal with a lot of the same shit, except you know, without it being um like bombing trauma. Um, but the way they're dealing with Sam is the same way they deal with Nor, and I think that's smart. But also, I want to see Sam's either descent into madness or his eventual return, not to the light, as like because no superhero can really be the light in the boys, but, but yeah, like some type of normalcy, I guess. You know, yeah, some type of functionality. Yeah, you feel me? Exactly. Um. But, but no, I think they do a good job of handling everybody in the show too. I think yeah, I want to uh, spotlight Andre as well. Honestly, yes, yes. Um, yes. I think the way they handle baby polarity is really smart, and like just <laughs> <laughs> the juxtaposition of also like having basically your father is the shit. Like your father was basically yeah, Batman. Was, yeah, he was him. And um, he's now in the, he's on the position like first of all, I am mad powerful because I had I got my daddy's powers, but also because I am legacy because I'm Nepo baby. I'm basically lay up and to, to get into wherever the fuck I want to. And now he's being positioned at the forefront post his home, his homie dying. He's like, I'm not really sure about that. And I think his, I think his suspicion after that, because Marie just kind of deals with shit after golden boy goes, like she just, she just, she literally's like, yo, I'm just trying to survive. Cause I ain't got nothing besides this. Right. This is legit all I have. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they basically frame Andre's privilege in the show or basically Andre's position to give him the most ability out of everyone in the group to be able to explore, to be able to basically be suspicious. And I think the way they, the way they basically transition him from being like, okay, shit is weird. Shit is crazy. But like, it's always been like this to, oh nah, shit is fucked. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And, and from, and from that, shit is fucked moment to I got to do something about shit being fucked. And that moment basically being him like, hey, yo, Pops, you know they'd be torturing niggas under the school and Pops was like, shut the fuck up. Don't, yeah, say you don't, don't mention that. Don't bro. don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to your mama about it. That dies with you today type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way they handled that and you know, like basically the like the sense of fatherly expectations and shit, that was a beautiful way to do that. Um, so the to your credit, what you said before, Genevieve seems to be the boys with character development. Yeah. With, with with genuine character development, not them just wild in the same every season, um, and they have consequences. So we're gonna see how this ends because you know once again this is a, a few comic book property that I haven't actually read the book for, and I'm genuinely interested to see what happens for the rest of the season now. Now whether I'm interested in the second season, we're gonna see. But let's let's see how the first season ends, and maybe they have convinced or made X a believer. Possibly, yeah, we'll see. Um, you wanna? How can? What should we do next? The Parkers. Um, you want to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> oh, it man. had to be. I told you, Hickman. Yo, showing you niggas the light once again. Yeah. Yo, we we damn near caught this play by play, yeah. word for word, bar for bar. That last tends to happen week. a lot on this show. Like we tend to call a lot of things that end up happening. You know, it. Man, I. From your perspective, how do you feel about this? I think this is if you guys want to have your Peter Parker back, this is the way to do it. This is the the vehicle you need. Hickman behind it, grown Peter. I think him getting his grown man Peter, grown man Peter, kids, married, you know, all that. Him getting his powers later in life is such a is a unique 
dynamic that just hasn't just hasn't been explored yet. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's gonna create a real interesting content, especially with Hickman behind it. Like the storytelling he's gonna be able to do with the kids and all this shit. It's gonna be great. I I'm I'm really interested to see like the dynamic that forms because they haven't said anything about Aunt May being around. They ain't said nothing about Uncle Ben being around. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 this is a Peter who basically like if this is basically like Ultimate Peter without the Spider-Man trauma. So basically, Ultimate Peter who grew up became a scientist, and I don't know if he became a scientist or maybe kept working for the Bugle. We don't know. But it was the Ultimate Peter who married MJ and had and read a le- a regular regular ass life. Up until around the age, I'm just gonna assume 32, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have an uncle Ben to be there to basically be that catalyst, what the fuck makes Peter be a better person? Like right. as a teenager, it took the murder of his father figure to do that, right? Basically, what I'm asking is who's getting popped in the place of Uncle I Ben? So it has to be a child, right? It, it has like... I, I would assume, yeah, it has to be either one of the kids. Or possibly MJ. Um, and, and, and just let's think about like the general canon events of Spider-Man, right? If this is if this is a grown Peter, who's going to be his Captain Stacy? You know what I mean? Right. Um, if if a Captain Stacy even exists, or if a Gwen even exists in this universe, um, I'm 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 interested to see like Flash. I'm really interested to see his whole because this is like, yo, this is such an inter- this is such an interesting perspective to do a Spider-Man book from, like. The closest thing we we've gotten to this in the last five years is the Spider Man J.J. Abrams story for a couple years ago, and we don't like talking yeah. about that. Um, that short lived. Let's, let's, let's add that to for good reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and let me let me read to you all the actual press release and Hickman's own words regarding it. Right, Ultimate Spider Man will star a very different Peter Parker and an older, wiser web slinger who balances his superhero duties with his responsibilities as a husband and a father. That's right. Spider Man is a married man. Yes, they wrote that verbatim on their website because they know the exact discourse around that shit. I think that was a shot. Yo, yo, oh, speaking <laughs> of shots, when we just, Hickman's words, quote, when we decided that we were going to do a book about an older Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man, we really wanted to lean into him starting his superhero life from a very different place than what's traditionally expected. Quote, Peter and MJ being married is one of many decisions we made that underline this is quite a different kind of Spider-Man story, end quote. Speaking of shots, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yo, I, I went on a whole rant about, you know, how everybody throughout Spider-Man lore in today's age, in the 2010, or the 2010s going into the 20, 2020s, um, regards Peter Parker Spider-Man as a family man, yeah. right? We see it in the Spider-Man 2 game, which we will talk about later as well. Uh, we see it reflected in No Way Home because he's trying to be a family man, despite that nobody in the planet fucking remembers him anymore, right? Um, we see it in, we saw it in, we literally see it in Spider-Verse. Peter B. running away from it and because of that causing a, what, decades-long depression before he got back with MJ. Nigga seen the way. Right? He's, yo, he, he went on one adventure without her and was like, I am good, dog. Yeah. Okay, let me get my woman back. Um, and now we are at the point where basically the god of the last decade of Marvel comics, right? Like, let's be very clear here. If the biggest stories in Marvel of the last decade that actually had real deal character growth that pushed some shit forward has been Jonathan Hickman. Shout out to Hickman. Shout out to Hickman. And you mean to tell me basically the god of Marvel comics, the one person they damn very, I'm going to say this very clearly, damn near 
let him do anything he wants, right? They told him, we will even let you let Peter be married and have MJ. <laughs> yeah. That, this is such a, a mask, like such a mask off moment. Marvel knows exactly what they need to do, man. And they're giving it to Hickman. And I'm really about to be really excited to see where Hickman takes this because let's be very clear, right? Like, for example, like Killing Joke, right? Killing Joke was originally a one-off story, but Bad Girl getting shot in the spine ended up being a really fire story, so they put it in canon, right? right? If Ultimate Spider, if Hickman's Ultimate Spider-Man ends up being so fire, ends up doing so well in sales, they this might be the straw to break the camel's back. This might be the one thing to be like, yo, let's stop bullshitting. Let's put Peter and MJ back in main canon. I think so. I think it's going to create something that just like Marvel just can't can't ignore anymore. Like you have to do it. Like you know, what I mean? it's like, it's not only like not ignore. It's going to be something they're going to have to promote at panels. It's going to be something mm-hmm. they have to defend at panels. It's going to be something CB Sabolski, the the Spider Man editor himself, is going to have to look a fan in the eye and be like, "Yes, we thought p- putting Peter and MJ was a great decision." And when eventually someone asks in real life, "Yo, if this is a great decision on this front," What about the main fucking universe? He's gonna have to look somebody in the eye and be like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Jonathan Hickman's doing it in your book under your name right now. What you mean you can't do that? Mm-hmm. It's selling. Sell- it's probably it's gonna be selling. Like, you and know it's what I mean? and it, yo, what you just said, it's selling. Mm-hmm. If this if, if if this was some Reggie, it would be a different story. But this is Hickman, baby. We're talking about it's gonna be Lord. Oh man, so it's, it's so much like. There's gonna miles be miles around, like it's a mouse yo, like a thing. Like yo, like there are so many great questions that we need answered for this, yeah, and those yeah. are all of them right there. Where's Miles? Where's Where's the Miles already Spider Man? Yo, what if Peter's the second one this time? Peter's the second one. <laughs> he, he has to learn from this young kid, like how to be Spider Man. Like just yo, switch the roles. I do gotta say though, Hickman, if you listen to this, because I know you are. If you kill off Miles for Peter's sake, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm, just going, I'm, just going, I'm going to put it out there right now. I, I hope he does it. I, I, will, does. I will. I will. Yo, me and you will have legitimate beef, dog. I'm telling you that right the fuck now. But um, I'm excited. More importantly, out of all this, out of the speculation, out of the CB Sabolskis of the world, can y'all hear the excitement in our voice as we talk about this? Yeah, it's probably the most excited we ever been talking about a Spider-Man thing that isn't a game. And and, and that isn't a game. It's a beautiful thing to hear. So we hope this goes well. I hope this. I hope CB Sabolski gets fired eventually, and finally we will be free to have a grown man as a character instead of Peter Parker six one six. But until then, let's get into the jits without fear. Uh, our our Daredevil segment. Are you you ready to transition, brother? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we got some Daredevil news that came out last week at the end of last week, and it's it might be good news. So let's talk about it. Dario Scardapane. Um, who is the showrunner from the Punisher season one, the one everybody basically watched, um, is set to be showrunner for Daredevil Board again, right? In mm-hmm. addition to this, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are currently directing Loki, se- Loki season two, are set to direct these episodes for Daredevil Board again. Mm-hmm. Van, how do you feel about, about that information? Um... Given given that, I think this is gonna it's gonna change the formatting of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that eighteen episode thing that we're trying to do, I think that's out the window. I think these guys are known for doing shorter series like these. I know they didn't. They said they don't want to do limited series, so I'm guessing it'll be around ten episodes instead of the usual six for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's not gonna be eighteen. Um, 
I think it's I think it's okay. It gives some kind of format to how the show, you know, wants to be. Um, I just hope they do something different, like um do something unique. You have a unique character, you can tell unique stories of uh, VM. So um, what do you think? I think you were you hit the nail on the head with regarding ten episodes because I feel like that they basically brought in the Punisher dude to to basically merge the, the Netflix style with the Marvel style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because the Netflix style was 13 episodes no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I think the only exception to that was Defenders, right? They only had four, like yeah, four. Defenders or six. only a few episodes, yeah. Yeah, like Jessica Jones season one and season two. Was there season three Jessica Jones? Yeah. That's not important. It, damn it, season two. The so, season two. So, so yeah, everything got two. Everything got thirteen episodes, no matter what. And like we have been people who talked about, like we're not necessarily sure if we need all thirteen of the episodes. Some of the shits were definitely filler. Yes, I'm looking at the Karen Page joint, um, but. I think 10 episodes will be good. I think them getting someone from the Netflix side is really important, honestly and truly. Like, if you can't, if you can't bring back the original, like the people who originally worked on the show, like Steven and I basically, because I know that man is actually has reliably has work, consistently has work. Um, and I just know that I just from following him since the strike. Um, I think getting the dude who basically did the next best season that wasn't a Daredevil show for Netflix was a very smart move. Um, as someone who knows that basically the, the gritty Netflix style, the violent Netflix style that the Marvel shows had, particularly Daredevil and Punisher. And Daredevil and Punisher, it wasn't no, not, it wasn't no thing, but it wouldn't be crazy if you saw a nigga's guts hang out out of, out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you w- It wouldn't be crazy if you saw some head come off from a punt out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that level of gritty violence, that detailed violence. Um, that's something that's missing from these Marvel shows. And like they talked about it, they touched on it a bit with Moon Knight, but like the shit we saw on Moon Knight was wholly and totally different. You know what I mean? Um, so basically finding someone to merge those styles is key. Um, I am not, we can kind of like segue into Loki season two a little bit regarding this right now, because I'm not, Loki's not, the season's not done for Loki as of right now. But I will say, as of right now with Loki season two, which I think is episode three or four, the last thing I saw was um, Miss Minutes and uh, Victor Timely. Is that is that his name in Loki? Yeah. Right, Victor Timely. Um, Miss Minutes and Victor Timely, basically. Um, what's, what's what's Shorty's name? Uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot her character's name, but they basically super kicked her into the ocean and said deuces. Um, as of right now, where I'm at with Loki season two, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's bad. Right? I don't even think it's anywhere near bad. I think it's actually kind of good, right? With that being said, I don't think it's like otherworldly good. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I say this without? Because I don't even want like in the Loki season one like this because I don't think it was this bad. But like Loki season two to me is to Loki what Ragnarok was to Thor movies. Um, it was an anomaly. Yeah, Loki. Like Loki season two is good, right? But is it good because I'm comparing it to Loki season one or the rest in the rest of basically the MCU era TV shows, or is it good because it genuinely stands on its own as a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'll say, uh, Kitty Kwan, um, short round is in it and he's really good at it. He he brings basically the same energy he's brought to all of his products he's come, he's had since re- or since returning from retirement. Um. And Owen Wilson is like Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston's banter is funny, but like I'm not gonna tell you I, I sit here and give a shit about um the hunter that was in BVS and um 
Lovecraft Country. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I give a shit about her. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here. I, t- I tell you, it tell you I give a shit about them pruning timelines and shit because I don't. But I think those integral parts or like individual parts of the show, and albeit integral parts of the show, are good and they do make it work to a degree. But I'm not sure if bringing in some people who just made basically basically the first good season of MCU TV in give or take a year or two, depending. Like mm-hmm. since can we say the the last really good MCU TV series was the was Miss Marvel? Was that would that be fair to say? Yeah, I don't think that's a far off concept. Okay, so basically the first good MCU show in two years, um, and you're gonna give him to the do with the Punisher, and that's a little bit of that's a bit of contrasting styles. You mean like you yeah. could take you could take some storytelling elements from the dude from Benson and Morad who are doing Loki season two, and then maybe put that in like with the Punisher format, but like those their basic philosophies regarding the work, the way they view the work. Are a bit different, yeah. You know what I mean. So, I think this. I think Born Again can be really good, like because we've already seen Daredevil be really good. We've seen yeah. multiple seasons of Daredevil being really good. But the problem with it, with what Marvel's basically trying to bring into or basically absorb into themselves, they hope they wholeheartedly reject that style of storytelling. Yeah, they don't want to do that because. But you know, also with that, it takes it takes effort. It takes. Uh... Time, timing, you know what I mean? Like it's something that they would have to focus in on and make it a real priority for them to work on. It takes world building on a more minute scale, and all in all, all Kevin Feige does is colossal, galactic yeah. scales. Like he and don't. I think that's the issue, man. Like I think it, you could really strengthen the MCU by telling more personal, in depth stories on a smaller scale. You know, and certain and th- we, things like that have happened. We've has been their best work to me. Like. If you're looking at like Winter Soldier, like it's it's like a very contained story, you know what I mean? Like it's, exactly, and it's their best one, you know. So because because if if you never knew Captain America before that, you would still be fine with that movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you're just telling a good story about people, you know. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that's that's how we kind of talked about Loki season two as a whole too. Um. Speaking of Thor characters. <laughs> it has been confirmed or allegedly confirmed via Daniel RPK. Shout out to Daniel RPK that White Titty himself, Taika White Titty, is allegedly confirmed to not be returning for Thor Five. Um, oh man! And and the like that. Not the they haven't like put out a formal announcement, but what RPK says, Thor Five is rumored to be in development with Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios is seeking a new director, right? Which Reads to me like they were good with everything they have. Taika Waititi was the one problem. And coincidentally, Chris Hemsworth has damn near since Thor, Love and Thunder. He's been, changed, he's been throwing shots since, bro. Yo, he's been basically saying, yo, unless some shit changes, it ain't going to be a Thor 5. Yeah, he put the Giannis. Um, and, I, and listen, I got to say, man, um, Taika has dug himself a very and like a very individualized grave, right? Because Ragnarok, um, despite how I feel about it, worked for the masses. You liked it. Of, of the vast majority of people on my timeline like it. Scott, yo, Scott will fight for that movie to yeah. this day. To this day, right? But you had you they gave you they gave you the playbook. They get they gave 
They they pulled up Paul Westhead and said, "My guy, you got the, you got the team for three months. Let's yeah. see what you can do with it. What can you do? Make magic. Yeah, yeah make magic." And uh, that boy produced one of the biggest stinkers yeah. in MCU history. I'm be honest. I feel like that that started this this latest round of uh, the malaise failing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the base of the general malaise around the product, like the love, like the, the the low effort um thing. That basically everything people have been saying has been going on. Thor five was an encapsulation of that, right? Yeah. Or Thor, right? Sorry, Thor four was an encapsulation of that, and it at the point that the star was coming out for a whole calendar year, being like basically, unless some ex- very important storytelling elements change. And the way we we fundamentally view this character, I ain't playing this character again. Yeah. Um, and Taika Waititi particularly, right, took a Thor story that was revered. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking like revered, like in the sense that like I fuck with a random Spider-Man story from two like revered in the way like for example, Spectacular Spider-Man is. A spectacular is Spectacular Spider-Man will always be a streets will never forget show, but won't ever be remembered for being a smash hit. Mm-hmm. Right. The Thor fans regard the God Butcher and the God Bomb arc like the Bible. It yeah. is to Thor fans what Empire Strikes Back is to Star Wars fans. Yeah. Right? And what happened with this one is you got that. Not only did you get that, you got somebody really good to play him. You got right. Christian Bale, literally an entire generation superhero, to play Gore. And you proceeded to fumble it at every single stage throughout the story. That movie was so bad. Don't nobody give a fuck about Brett Goldstein being in the MCU. <laughs> at all, bro. It don't even matter. Like, uh, I haven't yeah. seen a tweet about Hercules in a year. Yeah, niggas don't even do their fan cast and shit they usually do, you know? Yo, it's, it was that b- bad of a stinker. So you had that bad of a stinker with that good of source material? Yo, that's a fundamental failure. That's, yeah. a, that's a systemic failure. Right, right, and and I think if you think about it, even Chris Hemsworth before that movie, he was always saying, "Yo, I'll play Thor forever." But after that movie, he was like, "I don't know if I want to do this for Yo, much longer." You know, even before that movie, he was like, "I'll play Thor forever, given the right circumstances." Yeah, yeah. So, let me ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. They're picking a new director. Who would you pick for a Thor movie? Because the way the way Hemsworth is talking about Thor, he wants a he wants a quote like a, a harder, more rigid Thor. You know what I mean? Someone mm-hmm. to a little bit more sadness. Basically, think of like Donnie Cates' Thor. Ultimate Thor, bro. Yeah, That's basically like yeah. Oh, yeah, ultimate Thor, like something like something that has meaning, character, something to push the character forward, right? right. Not just not just doing God shit for the sake of doing God shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, Thor is Valkyrie is technically the, is the queen of Asgard or the king of Asgard, I think is what they called her in the movie. But mm-hmm. Thor has the Odin force. Like, no matter who has the title of, of king of Asgard, Thor has the Odin force. No matter what's going on, Thor's the king of Asgard, truly and honestly. No disrespect to Tessa Thompson mm-hmm. or Valkyrie. Um, and why can't we get why can't we get him dealing with that in a way that didn't re- that didn't result in him like getting real big and playing Fortnite? You know what I mean? Why can't we go back to that? Maybe we can go back to that still and make him a little bit okay. Thor has, you know, Thor has dealt with the annihilation of his people. He's dealt with the desecration of their children under Gore. Um, how has that affected Thor? How has his failures affected Thor? Right? How has that made him a better leader? And then 
if they want to do this Galactus shit, if they want to bring Galactus in with the Fantastic Four or whatnot, and Thor 5 damn near isn't planned until after Endgame, and, oh, not after Endgame, Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. They can very easily have Thor deal with Galactus after Kang Dynasty. Right. Or, th- or after whatever the Fantastic Four movie ends up being. You know what I mean? Right. I think, um, well, I think, I really don't know who, what director they get, but I think what, whoever they pick is really going to be based on what the story they want to tell, right? So I think the Galactus thing is cool. Because then you can get in the, get Thor his uh, cosmic powers and stuff like that, which I think is cool. But I think more importantly than Thor being a focal point, I think you have to introduce Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. I think he's somebody who's super important going forward, especially to the whole Secret Wars thing. Mm-hmm. If they want to bring back Guardians, he's important. You know, they, they, they really should, but that's besides the point. I re- yeah, I really, I, they really might have to, but I think, uh, I think he's very important, very important to what they want to do. So, I think that would be an interesting thing. I would say revisit Gore because I feel like Gore is Thor's best villain to me, in my opinion. I think that's his best. Villain. Uh, I guess the one not named Loki. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I don't. Is Loki even a villain anymore? You know what that's, I mean. That's see, that's another fair debate to have about it. You know what I mean? Is he even a, a really a villain at this point? Um, but also I think an interesting route they can take if it's um, you know, who knows if Hemsworth wants to play Thor forever? But I think a, a I mean, a Thor forever. I think a great way to do it would be King Thor was like a a mini series that came out yeah. a few years ago. I was really good, and you got to explore an older Thor leading Asgard. And and we know this, but like it, it's the same writer who did Gore the God Bomb and Gore the God Butcher. Exactly. So it's Jason Aaron. So like it would be around the same vein and in the same vein of storytelling. Right. Continue, my bad. Then you can bring back Gore. You can show him leading Asgard, and you know, he's, yeah, that that Thor is very is much more serious. He's much more like Odin in that um that story. So you can always visit that too. Especially with the whole Secret Wars thing, make them old, make them young again. I think the only I don't even know if I have a name because I I don't know I, I can't really or uh, maybe Robert Eggers who did the King not the Kingsman but uh, the Northman um, would be a really like good to tell like the the vein of Thor story that Chris Emmerich would to tell. But honestly, like a very like off the wall pick I would do is I would bring back Anthony Hopkins as the director, right? That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Because like as much as they have tried to make Thor like non Shakespearean, Thor is a Shakespearean ass character, bro. Like, right, it, right. That's just how his story. That's just how he is. Like that's just how his his section of the universe is. Like he is to Marvel what Wonder Woman is to to DC. Not in the not in the women empowerment angle, but in the way they represent the whole magic side of the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and even last, even when Anthony Hopkins was around. He got Odin. He got yeah, the regalness. He, he, he was good as Odin, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 he got the what they were trying to do, and all of them got it on a certain point. But Anthony Hopkins, from what I heard, was pushing it forward on the set, like helping motherfuckers out with their acting, helping out Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston's da da da. Right? He's someone who's respected by the actors, someone who's worked on this property before, and someone who could. He's not. I don't want to say like he's not long for the planet, right? But like I can it's imagine. Up there, bro. Yeah, the, the man wants to be do something different. Like, let mm-hmm. him be a Thor director. And if you want to bring back Odin, you really can. But you don't even have to bring back Odin for real. Just have the nigga talk to him in a flashback or in a, in a, in a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, You exactly. know what I mean? It doesn't have to be big, but do something different for him. Yeah, Force um, goes Odin would be cool. <laughs> Force goes Odin. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Speaking of Force Ghost, let's talk about Weapon X, Deadpool 3. Um, so first off, Deadpool 3 will be delayed, and it will Captain America 4 will be taking its spot. I think its spot as of right now is next May or the May after next, but let me make sure I got that right for y'all because I want to make sure I give y'all the right stuff. Captain America. It was May, yeah. July 2024. So I was one, I was two months off. Um, but July 2024 is when Thor or when Captain America 4 is going to be coming out and taking Deadpool's spot, right? But with that being said, or if Deadpool is actually coming out in September of next year, they might be pushing Captain America 4 back to September. So it is July or September for Captain America 4, right? Um, but more important than that, Sean Levy, the director of Deadpool 3, um, had an interview with the post-credit pod on the on Bro's Bible or Bro Bible. And in the in this, he basically said Logan is canon to the story of Deadpool 3, right? right? And here's the full quote, right? I have always said that I can't wait for Deadpool 3 to come out because all I want to do is give interviews alongside Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, where we talk about our reverence for the movie Logan. Logan is canon. We love Logan. That happened. I want the world to know as the as the producer and director, all of us share a deep love and respect for Logan in every in every aspect of how it's crafted and all the events that take place. With all of that being said, right, it's been about a year and a month, right, since they announced Wolverine was going to be in Deadpool three, right. Mm-hmm. Um. When they announced it initially, they didn't give, they didn't like answer questions. But right after that, either the day after or the week after, I believe, the date was September 28th. September 28th, 2022, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman put out a video answering questions about how is Wolverine going to be in Deadpool 3? And then, can you play the clip of, oh, yeah. of, of said uh, context? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to answer them right now. Like, for example, how is Wolverine? alive yeah after logan logan uh takes place in 2029 Mm -hmm. totally separate thing Mm -hmm. logan died in logan not touching that what actually happened yeah now you hear that let me let me let me say that let me repeat that a little bit slower for everybody let me read it off for you quote logan takes place in 2029 totally separate thing logan died in logan not touching that in quote right over the last, when this shit came out, you can go back to a year ago today, 52 episodes ago, damn near, of the Black Variant, and li- listen to what I said the day the shit got announced. And I said, these niggas are full of shit. They're going to either pull him from the end of Logan or pull him slightly from the beginning of, or from more to the beginning of Logan. Either way, this is going to be the Logan we saw in Logan. Right. This we saw in Logan. Right. Which is the Wolverine that went through everything, Days of Future Past, all that shit. That the was death, that, that the was. death of the X-Men, all that shit. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um now mind you, this is a Wolverine that has the full suit. Maybe this is basically the, the era post Days of Future Past, but before Professor X's um dementia set in, basically. Um, but that still being said, that's still changing the story. That's still using the Logan from Logan. Even if you're not resurrecting him, which they are, um, you're still using that Logan. You're still softening the ending of the the poetic death he suffered. Right. Like, let's be very clear. The nigga ain't just died for the sake of dying. He died to save his kid. Right. And all her homies. 
and what what made that movie so uh i feel like uh suspenseful is the the real life stakes that were added added to it because you know like damn this is it this nigga might actually really die in this you know bro like listen the movie's promo was was laced with johnny cash songs if johnny cash is playing in your intro your video package your promo your trailer someone is fucking dying right all right at least one major character is dying in logan we got two professor yep. x and logan now professor x we saw we saw uh dr strange too we're not talking about it um but with logan in particular they went out of their way and keep going out of the way to say we respect the story. Da da da. With that being said, we are absolutely using the same Wolverine from Logan. Um, this shit is whack, man. There's <laughs> no way around it, bro. Like, it's I, just like there's no, there's no, there's no punchline to this. There's no way to make this funny. This shit is whack, dog. Um, not All cool, the, man. This is yeah, this is super not cool, especially because they lied about it, which we knew they were lying, but still they lied about it. Um just the call Logan a totally separate thing, not touching that verbatim quote once again, and then be like, Yeah, this is the same ass Logan from that story. Yeah, it's All right. like a complete 180. Um, and yeah, once again, I always said like I wasn't really excited for this movie, but like um I don't know, man. It just it just feels unnecessary. I don't think we needed a a Deadpool three as a movie. I, I really don't. We didn't need a Deadpool two. To be completely honest with yeah, you, being honest, first uh, one's fine. But it happened, and I'm and I've accepted that. What really, what really makes me feel upset about this, and basically disin, how disingenuous this feels to me as a fan, right, is the fact that accounts like my time to shine hello can we get some toast big screen leaks x-men updates dot like keep, you can just keep adding to the list have been tweeting out the fucking mcu plan for two months in 4k yeah saying in 4k wolverine is basically going to be leading the squad come secret wars and you, mean to, you mean to tell me you're going to pull him off his poetic right just dead deathbed to throw him into this very Action figure ass event. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. I just don't agree with uh Hugh Jackman leading the whatever this ragtag bunch is like that's gonna be in a secret wars, or whatever. It just doesn't make sense. It it feels like such a capitulation, and I mean that in the sense that, like, once again, this is not their fault, but Chadwick passed away, mm-hmm. right? They lost one third of the new trilogy they were or Trinity they were setting up with Spider-Man, Captain Marvel. In Black Panther. Black Panther passed away. Captain Marvel hasn't opted out, but she has taken a step back because she don't want to deal with the vitriol that comes from being in that forefront, from comes with that spotlight for a woman. And Tom Holland has said verbatim, if I'm still playing Spider-Man in five years, there's a fucking problem. <laughs> not, not he didn't say fucking, but he literally said, if I'm still playing Spider-Man in five to six years, there's a problem. Verbatim quote, you can pull up on Vanity Fair and read it right now. Right, Google it if y'all want some time. I'll put some time in Jeopardy music. Um, and now they've pivoted to Young Avengers. If that's still being built to, don't really know. We ain't heard shit about K Bishops and Hawkeye dropped, right? Yeah, sure. But with and shit, Haley Seinfeld ain't shit say shit about Hawkeye since or say shit about K Bishops and Hawkeye dropped either, which is a really bad thing. Right, mind you, we've gone through a strike since then, but she ain't say shit before the strike. Plus, either. the thing that happened with Jeremy Renner, the stuff that happened with him. So yeah, especially with him, like he fucking damn near lost both his legs and his life. 
Yeah. Um, now we're building towards Secret Wars. We're building towards the next big Avengers event. And y'all have basically telegraphed everybody that y'all have lost faith in whoever you got leading into the leading the charge. Because let's be clear, when niggas saw the um hashtag niggas saw, but when niggas saw <laughs> the 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 basically the press, the brief that the new the big three who are who are going to be leading the Avengers come Kang Dynasty are Anthony Mackie's or Anthony Mackie's Captain America, Simi Lu, Shang Chi, and Captain Marvel. Maybe let me make sure I get that right. Yeah, I want to make Marvel. sure I got that right. Yes, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Set Anthony Mackie, Simi Lu, and Captain Marvel. Right. Shang Chi, Cap- Captain America, and Captain Marvel. Right. Everyone and their mama basically said, nigga, we are getting cooked. Yeah, that's a sweep. Everyone started talking about it the same way people talk about the way Chad Gable lost to Gunter. You know what yeah, I mean? He tried. Yeah, he tried. But he got his ass up in front of his kids. <laughs> yeah. That's what ended up happening, though. Right? Um, You are now basically... This is basically damn near like the outsiders coming into WCW. Right? Kevin Nash, and for, for those of you who don't know, let me give you all the story, right? Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, Diesel and Razor Ramon in WWE left WWE and went to WCW, right? When they appeared on WCW, they were framed in a way that made them bigger and made them feel bigger and stronger to the rest of the whole fucking roster. Sting himself said this at the time, too, which is crazy. They basically, they held off the whole roster with just them two in rings and a couple bats, right? Yeah. The MCU is treating Hugh Jackman's Wolverine like WCW did the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. What do you mean you're going to have a character from a, let's be very clear, a character from a franchise y'all have shaded and slandered for the last decade, for the last decade, right, to lead the charge now? Right, because right. because you ain't got no faith in who you got as leaders now at this point. And the people who, who you picked as leaders don't even want to do this shit no more, Right. You're going to have the niggas from the from Brian Singer's X Men now leading the charge. You're going to have everybody they mama appear from every pre Marvel story, the same pre pre Marvel stories, pre MCU stories, the same pre MCU <laughs> stories. They told me we're all trash before Kevin Feige showed up as executive producer, right? Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me all them same people are now about to be leading the charge? This sounds like AEW signing every NXT nigga from 2018 to 2020. <laughs> After slander, is Wolverine Edge? Basically, yo, basically. Oh man, they got you. They tried out Hugh Jackman like like Edge on AEW, man. You, yeah. If you tried out Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in an Avengers movie, and that shit, I'm not saying it's not going to do a billion dollars, right? But if that shit don't do at least 1.5 billion, nigga, there is an issue here. Yeah, they're putting a lot of, once again, like I said before, they're putting a lot of pressure on this movie, man. So, Speaking know. of pressures on movies, right? Let's talk about Captain Marvel a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of segue. Heavy rumor, and by rumor I mean extremely rumor because it has not been confirmed no, by nobody. So, the same accounts and scoopers I just named, My Time to Shine Hello, Big Screen Leaks, X-Men Updates, um, Daniel RPK. Um, a lot of people have been teasing it or talking around it without putting out a straight-up report to confirm it, which means which reads to me that leaks have been briefed to people to get people excited for some shit because the MCU, or Kevin Feige, rather, 
knows exactly how online his fan base is, right? It's the same thing. They've done this with all the like major movies. Like they'll leak out some shit themselves. Exactly. So Daniel RPK tweeted out something to the effect of someone who was the perfect casting for a certain role and never got his chance to do justice with it because they wasted him on a shitty movie is coming back. That's all I'm going to say. That's the first inclination I heard into this, right? Shortly mm-hmm. after that, my counts like my time to shine hello, big screen leaks, X-Men updates, started posting gifts of a certain beast, of a certain beast played by Kelsey Grammer from X-Men The Last Stand. And now it has basically been briefed out, allegedly, once again, heavily alleged and rumor because this has not been confirmed by anybody of reputable sources, but it's, it's basically put out that Kelsey Grammer's beast is not going to be showing up in an end credit scene at the end of, Mar- of at the end of the Marvels. Um, speaking of putting faith in people in a franchise and a portrayal, not even I'll take it back portrayal because a lot of people like Kelsey Grammer's beast, but in a franchise you have slandered for the last decade plus, you are now trotting out this cameo at the end of this news cycle. To be like, no, this is not going to be trash because this this character from this franchise that we don't fuck with is going to be in it, Beast. Then how are you feeling about that? Well, I feel like it, it kind of goes along with like Marvel's like whole thing with this phase. It's just been nostalgia, 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 pumping out all the old feelings, the X Men music, and um, Miss Marvel, No Way Home as a whole movies, nostalgia, like. All these little references to things that you liked in the past, or you know, you know, things that are supposed to be coming, it's just what they've been doing this whole time. So, Kelsey Grammer coming back as Beast, which I think is fire. I think he's him as Beast is one of the probably the most underrated comic book casting ever because he was really Absolutely. great as Beast, you know. So, yeah. I have no issue with him coming back in for that reason, but I just think like, um trying to shoe shoehorning that into the the marvels and you know trying to build that anticipation because it's really is all you have at this point is um yeah. it's, it's very cheap it feels very cheap to me like we talked about we talked about the tracking that we talked about at the beginning of the show right um and they're basically trying to not save the movie but like try to i guess salvage the movie possibly by saying hey there's gonna be this really important cameo then y'all should still come see it mind you it's for a character that we have built no we have built no goodwill into um we have not put anything into the storytelling to tell you this character is important within our own context not someone else's context but within our own context there has been nothing to indicate anything regarding a beast or a hank hill or a henry mccoy rather in the mcu right right um so you're going to try out this character throw him out there hopefully hope this shit sticks right and maybe that'll make the movie better or, or perhaps salvage the movie. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't think that's a good idea. It sounds it's it's giving Tony Khan's I have a very big announcement come Tuesday. Right. And and I, and I think it is it's gonna hurt them because like a, a lot of things people have complained about is bro, I'm tired of hearing about the next time, the teaser for the next time. Show me that greatness that you're promising now, bro. Like, why can't we get that now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna uh it's gonna infuriate people. I think of course people are gonna be excited to see Beast as a character and then Kelsey Grammer playing him again. Yeah, I think people of course niggas are gonna be excited for that, but also it's gonna be like stop selling me on the next time and, and sell me for what I'm paying for today. Exactly. Now. Um I think Kelsey Grammer's beast is 
is good. Like he he was he's one of the very I'm not gonna say few because I watched the last stand last year and I don't remember it being as bad as I remembered as a kid. Um, but Kelsey Grammer's Beast was really fucking good in that movie, and it, it, it caps basically if someone could cast Beast, Kelsey Grammer. When the fan casts were a thing back in the year of our Lord 2005, niggas were fan casting Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Right. Um, and his portrayal is important. It's is very good. But the way they're using him here feels, yeah, discount like discountedly or uh, it feels that's trotting him out for the sake of trotting him out. You have no story for him. You're not building him something. He's not getting a world title shot in two weeks. You're just bringing him out for the sake of bringing him out. Well, I mean, I mean, it does have lore to the whole thing with the whole uh, the sword thing. You know, Beast was the leader of sword for a minute, but it's like that is true. That is true. Like, true. That will only work in an established universe where the X Men are established. Like that, yeah, will be really felt. Yeah, that's that, that's that's what I mean. Like they haven't they haven't been hinting to the to a Beast showing up recently. Right. They haven't right. been saying, "Damn, like who's the, who's the real leader of sword type shit." Like. Mm-hmm. We haven't been getting into that, mind you. Like the Mar- the Marvels will be about that. We know Monica Rambo works for Sword. We want to show. Oh, it, take that back. Is the Nick Fury that of Sword right now? Um. Yeah, he is. Because there is no shield. Damn. So <laughs> there is no shield. Remember? There goes the connecting tissue you just established too. Yeah, Damn. There you go. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's just get into Spider Man too before we get into the rabbit hole of MCU shit stuff. Yeah. Um. Spider Man too. We are we are now two weeks into it. Um, how far are you personally into the game, man? Oh, I finished it. I finished it. Um, you hundred percent of it. I hundred percent of it. Hundred percent of it. Um, how, feel free to go spoilers. How do you feel about it? I think it's um it's, it's great, man. I think um it's a very good game. I think it, it established um a good a good foundation for going forward. Mm-hmm. I think it built on what it was already there. I just think it was um. It's just a great game overall, bro. Like, uh, the wingsuit thing was a little awkward at first. Like that that mechanic, I thought was a little yeah. awkward. But as you get to use it, it becomes more natural to you. Um, I think it's good, man. The like the only my only gripe with the game is like I feel like some of the the character motivations are a little weak. Like, um, as far as not to spoil it, but at the end when like Norman, like his hate for Spider Man, because you know that eventually that is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, his hate for Spider-Man is kind of not justified, not justified in my eyes. You know, I feel like it was mm-hmm. kind of just thrown in there. I feel like uh, the Harry thing was a little heavy-handed. The whole him and Peter thing. Oh, uh, I feel like that was a yeah. little heavy-handed. It could have did that a little more subtly than just you know, mm-hmm. this nigga literally making me die because I I don't have this. Oh, uh, that was a little heavy-handed. But oh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was great. I think Craven was really good. I think I think. More importantly, like Lizard was fucking amazing, bro. Like I feel yo, like yo. very underrated. They used Lizard, I feel like perfectly. Do you remember the um this might be a Dan Slot era story, but do you remember the Lizard story where he basically ate 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 his whole family? Yeah, yeah. That it this this was the same lizard portrayal without that story happening. But I think the yeah, the like the brutal nature, like his evolved, like more basically not I guess primordial uh nature. I really like that. I yeah. really, really like. I like that, the, how they touch into him getting bigger too. Like you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, different Spider Man stories with Lizard don't really touch on that. But like he's supposed to grow over time. You know what I mean? Come more, yeah. more animalistic, like you said. Um, I think I think the 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 biggest highlight from this 
his game and his franchise so far has been the handling of Miles Morales. I feel like absolutely, they, treated, absolutely they really like treated my boy very well. They've done right by him on every turn, um, from his personality to like just the way he interacts with his community, like the true characteristics of of the of the character. They of a of a friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Right. He is um he's the best part of Peter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just out there without the weight of the world. And <laughs> I love, I love the way they frame the way Miles looks up to Peter. Like, yeah, he, he really respects he, him. He views him like God, damn near. Like, right, right, right. He is the Spider Man in Miles' eyes. But I like that they also told gave Peter the chance to be like, no, bro, you're you're him too. Like, don't like, <laughs> like I may be your OG, but you're him. You know, Nigga, you have way cooler powers than me. You're him. Like, right, right. You're intelligent. <laughs> like all that. I think they've done a great job with him. Um overall like amazingly like the peter story is good don't get me wrong but i feel like the mouse stories just has so much uh deep context and it's so rich in material um honestly my only gripe with mouse is his haircut that yee has haircut and that final suit is terrible but outside of that they showed my boy so much love so much love so, much love. so yeah spreading it too is amazing it's an amazing game um honestly i think out of everything I've seen in the game so far, the the last I literally just killed Craven. Like right, spoiler right. alert, I just murked Craven as Venom, um, and because I spent my time doing all the side missions because I'm a side missions ass motherfucker. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished all the side missions. I'm basically just finishing up the story, and that and when I finish the story, I hope I get all my damn trophies because if I gotta go do a bunch of extra shit, it's gonna be real funny. Um, but I think the number one thing I, I appreciate about the game is like more than the, the cool new features, more than like how they've they've taken care of Miles, more than like the the story about Peter and Harry and stuff like that. Because I've seen I've seen a Venom at a story before. I've seen Peter be corrupted before. I've seen it in damn near three or four different mediums by the time I was fifteen. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but the way this game or Insomniac has gone out of the way to be like, yo, we heard y'all. It's small things like. Stealth. When you go do a uh, a warehouse or uh, a hunter's blind thing now mm-hmm. uh, in the game, if you if you take all of them out without being detected, they don't call backup. Yeah, it's it's small things like that. It's MJ getting offensive capabilities in her side missions. Right now, listen, we're gonna say that I'm gonna say this with a disclaimer of I understand a lot of people just don't like women in video games. And that includes a lot of men and a lot of women who believe the shit that men say, right? And a lot of people complain from that perspective. When I complain from that perspective, I did not complain from that perspective when the first game came out. My primary gripe with MJ was you basically, you the way the environment is structured, everything makes a sound. And when you do get caught or when shit starts to get a hairy, you can't do a damn thing about it because she can't fight back, right? right. In this game, what do they give you? They gave the first thing they gave you in an MJ mission is a fucking taser. A, a taser in the backstory of something that was the only the only good thing to come from the DLC that came out after the first game was MJ went and trained in basically uh MCU Ukraine for yeah. a summer and learned to fight. So she don't have to be a helpless, she don't have to be a damn zone distress all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Right? Mind you, when you're man in Spider-Man, shit happens. Um they gave her a taser. Not only that, you can upgrade the taser through the game. You get a web shooter attachment. I'm not finished with the game, but I heard there's some more shit to come from that as well. Um, not to mention with that, they improve movement speed. 
something a lot of people complained about in the first game. Shit was too slow, just moving around. Things were a little bit too awkward. The, the transitions from swinging to climbing to jumping back to swing, you're running up a building, were a little bit awkward. They can prove that. They improved a lot of the small things in this. They made the story missions more meaningful. I ain't chase a fucking pigeon this time, right? They chase me. That was the that was the nice part about this time around. Right. Not to mention that the the level of care they show with the side missions, right? Like last time when I won this game, when Spider Man One came out, a lot of things we said was like, "Nigga, why am I chasing pigeons when I could be doing like a um, like I could be doing a fucking spot side mission right now." Right. You know what I mean? They made these side missions meaningful. Walter from the first game, the dude with the pigeons, we got to see his last moments in this Howard, game. Howard. Howard, my bad. Howard from the last game. We had to see his last moments. That was really nice. That was some shit that made me tear up a little bit, right? right. The the mission about Shorty's grand grandfather with Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's or his Alzheimer's, sorry. Um, just sitting in the park with him until she came and got him, hearing him talk. Yo, he talked just like my 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 granddad. I mean, he, my granddad's been gone for twenty two years now. You know what I mean? That scene reminded me of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. That she that scene reminded me of me sitting down with my elders and just hearing stuff about their lives. That shit that shit meant a lot to someone like me, right? Um, just the general level of care that's gone into this game shows they they truly really do give a shit about this. This ain't they're like listen, listen, man, we ain't Square Enix. All right, this ain't. This we we, <laughs> uh, we ain't we ain't no hoes about this. We mean this shit. We, right. we really love Spider Man. We want to show y'all we love Spider Man, and that's what this game honestly shows more than anything: a deep love, respect, and admiration for the character. Not only Peter Parker, but Miles Morales as well. Like like the story's really framed around Peter in a sense because it's about Venom and his the the relationship and eventual breakup and then everything that comes from that, right? But the way Miles's shit is weaved through, basically his development as Spider-Man is way weaved in and out of Peter's problems was a right. beautiful way to do it. It's a way to push Miles' story forward without making the game all about him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really good thing to do. Um, my biggest, honestly, my biggest gripe about the game right now is I wish they included more Miles villains. Um, yeah. And not to say like, because... To Miles is discredited, I guess. He doesn't have a whole like cabal of it. He doesn't have like a whole cadre of villains right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of his villains, honestly, are his allies in current canon. Like he's just the type of Spider-Man who converts all his niggas, apparently. Um, but that's the only really complete like we could I think, for example, and this is not the same thing at all, because like the inheritor is not in this game. But the way people got it up in ours about no being in the game and Donnie Cates wasn't consulted about it at all, right? I thought Craven was really cool, right? Don't get me wrong. But can, the the way Miles got kidnapped, right? At the in the beginning, it read like Saladin Ahmed's inheritor story in his Miles run, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have brought in the inheritor here to do that kidnapping, to do that, not like I don't know, I don't want to make it sound like Craven's gonna outsource his torture. You know what I mean? But like maybe Craven could have outsourced his torture yeah, to, yeah, to the inheritor. Do it all the time, bro. Like do it all the time. Or maybe we could have, um, since they're, since they're, honestly, I think it's the one thing that's really cool about just comic, just modern comic consumption is the speed in which we get things from a comic book to the big screen. Mm-hmm. For example, Bernard and Titan season four. 
Bernard was introduced, what, a year and a half before that story, before the season came out? Yeah, two years max. Meaning, while the season was in development, they wrote that nigga into the show. Mm-hmm. Basically, right after the, the book came out. I think the way they could have possibly, even if they made it a side mission, like, um, they could have put it, I forgot the, the name of the character, but you know the, the opening arc of Cody Ziggler's Miles Morales one right now, basically with a kid who did not get the lottery that Miles got. Um, and her life fell apart as the result. Like her, her parents continued to have to work hard lives, and she ended up not ever, not not ever being shit. But because she never got the institutional chances, the opportunities to become something, right? right? That could have been easily been a side mission in this. That could have easily been a, a big side battle in this. I think they should, I think they should find a way to include more of Miles's lore. Um, and I know that like, we're in a we're in a space where Miles's lore is still being built and still da- damn near being established, right? Um, but I think they could have included a little bit more than that. Um, that's that's my biggest gripe. My only other biggest gripe is Peter got stabbed like Chad's dad in the <laughs> making the band skin and Chappelle show. He did. That was a cool scene, though. It was a cool scene. Like, I think this is really cool. I think this is probably the strongest Craven portrayal we have ever seen. Now, even when a maniac, though, <laughs> yo, nigga, yo. even when he was souped up on the lion steroids and spectacular Spider Man, the cartoon, he wasn't this strong, right? He was putting Peter in German suplexes with no powers or just some really basic steroids type shit, right? Absolutely. Um, that this, I think the way they treated Creven in this show and like the not the show, but this game showed a lot of reverence for the character, and they put in a lot of small things like uh, from Grim Hunt. From about roughly like a 15 years ago now, um, with Craven's family and, and basically the uh the fight to be the next Craven. Right. Um, they they adapted some things from Hunted, which is a Nick Spencer Spider-Man story that only came out for four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um not in in addition to that, like they they took a lot of things from Craven in, in Craven's last hunt as well. Um and honestly, I thought there was a there was a mission that had to do with rats or vermin or some shit, and I thought like the like literally the vermin was about to be the 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 side mission uh, villain. I'm kind of disappointed that they, he wasn't. Um, but I would love to see like more like deep cut side care or or villains for Spider Man. Like, give me a vermin, or give me um. I don't really want my man's from the um, well, Kindred. I don't want Kindred from um, Nick Spencer Spider Man running them like oh, that. Yeah. But like, give me um. Not speedball, boomerang. Give me boomerang or something like that. Give me the um, not vulture, but like give me uh. Do you remember? It was from the hunted arc. It was not the sinister six, but it was like the the sensational six or some shit like that. Vulture was leading the team. It was vulture, rhino, um, and someone something somewhere or something else. I can't remember who. But give me some more deep cut Spider Man villains. Like I think one thing like the Arkham games did really well is. While like Mad Hatter isn't like a super deep cut Batman villain, the yeah, regular person, yes. yeah, the regular person would not know who Mad Hatter is, but they put him in the game. You know what yeah. I mean? A regular person might not know who Hush was, but they put him in the game. Shit, I, shit they put Calvin Man in the game, bro. Yo, oh, they so far in this in the movie in the game so far, I haven't seen a villain I haven't seen in a movie before. That's my biggest gripe so far with it. I, I want to see more deep cut Spider-Man villains because as much as we talk about a character with arguably the greatest rogues gallery in comics, why can't we explore it more? Why can't we see more of that? And I like the way they're interweaving with different stuff like Harry being Venom and like 
Norman damn near being carnage, um, which I'm not at the end of the game yet, so that could be true, and I didn't know it. Um, I like the way they're weaving that shit in and out, but like I, I want to see more. I want to see more of Spider-Man's lore. Like it's really cool that we see in the modern retelling of it, but I want to see more. I want to get deeper, darker in it. You feel me? All right. So speaking of more for the next game, um, where would you where would you like the story to go? Because I have two theories on that where I think it's gonna go. So I haven't finished this game yet, so I can't answer that question yet. Okay, but okay. but generally speaking, I want I want Miles to be the lead. Like um in the same sense that like it's a little bit different because Miles ended up getting like his own like 1.5 game or whatever. Um, but I kind of want it to be like the god of the current god of war trilogy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the first game is firmly Kratos in the driver's seat. You know, what I mean like Kratos is the dad. Kratos is protecting every is prote- primarily protecting Atreus, and Atreus is primarily doing support, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't say Miles is primarily doing support in this game. What I am saying is in this game, it was still like like 65% Peter and 35% Miles, right? Does that make sense? So um, you wanted to be like Last of Us. I, not The Last of Us, but I wanted to be like, I wanted to at least, I wanted to move in the same direction the God of War series is. And like, I mean that in God of War 2, Ragnarok, we played we played a good portion of this fucking game as Atreus. We got to yeah. explore Atreus's skill sets in the same way we got to do it in this game. But the direction they have for the next God of War game is Atreus is going to be in the driver's seat. A trace is going to be is a trace is going to be basically what Kratos was in the first game. I want Miles to be the star of the next game. I want my, I want I want Peter to be the back of Spider Man. I want the story to progress in a way that Miles is naturally become the main Spider Man. And in this particular in this basic particular context in this in this video game universe, they could easily frame that by the way that. Spider-Man wilding as Venom has fundamentally hurt his public credibility, and because of that, Miles just ended up becoming the guy, and Peter helped groom him there. That's not saying Peter's going to be like, fuck Miles, you know what I mean? But, like, I think there needs to be a, a firm passing of the baton, basically. Miles needs to be the Spider-Man of New York, and Peter needs not to move on to bigger and better things, but Peter needs to grow. And to grow, Peter has to either leave New York or join a new superhero team. And they've talked at length for the last two games about how the Avengers not around, right? What's an easy way for Peter to grow the fuck up real fast or grow real fast? Join the Avengers at the end of the third game. Right. That would be a big step up in a graduation for him. That would be basically the same graduation Miles is getting to becoming the New York Spider-Man or New York, all of New York Spider-Man, not just Brooklyn or Harlem's, all of New York Spider-Man. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So I that's that sense. that's why I want the story to go. Now, the inter- like the details of that, how we get there, don't know. But then, how, what do you think? So I think I think you brought up some very good points. You uh, <laughs> know, you're really uh you really are Negro Diamonds, man. I will I will say, <laughs> but, um, but I will say, but I will say. Uh, so I think it's gonna go either one or t- uh, two ways. I think. Um, the game is uh, as you get closer to the end, you'll, they'll establish certain things, certain uh, predictable, you know, things that are going to happen in the second game. I think on mm-hmm. the ground level, that's that's cool. I think uh, where they're setting it up. And have you played the uh, the flame side missions? I haven't finished them yet. Okay, um, so once you once you get to the end to the flame, you'll you'll understand. But like they set up some cool things. 
Okay. Um, I think that's cool. They can go that route, but I think on a larger scale, because usually third games are the big bang. You know, mm-hmm. Arkham Knight was the big bang. Like yeah. it's usually what shit happens. I think it's time for them to blow it out the water, and they're. I think they're gonna do some type of Spider Verse thing. Like it may not be as grand scale as across the Spider Verse, but I think they're gonna integrate other spider type characters into this um mm-hmm. especially you play the black cat mission i'm sure right with miles yeah yeah so i think that just opens up all the mystic and weird shit that they can they they can do i think they did a good job with that you can you did all the spider bots right yeah all the spider bots yeah okay cool so um i googled like the the character that appeared in the spider bots mission and it was basically a character that got pulled from across spider verse towards the end because you know we didn't hurt all the shit that happened with that since then mm-hmm. um if they if they go as crazy as like they possibly could and, and basically connect this in with the, with the cross of spider verse that's some really big that's some that's some paradigm shifting shit yeah um that i don't even know i'm like i can't even give proper scale for that because for all sorts of purposes, that's really never been done. Never, never. And I think they, I think they had the opportunity to do something up that in that vein, um, that can be really special. But also, I would like to see them. You got to integrate integrate other Marvel characters in this. I feel like that's the only thing missing, man. It's like mm-hmm. it's something that I felt kind of held back Arkham Knight and just the Arkham series as a whole. That there was no other DC heroes that just made a cameo outside of the Bad Family to yeah. show up. Or just like, oh, let me help you with this real quick, or like, something like, like that. not even Justice Leaguers, but like just other niggas who operate in Gotham. Yeah, you know like I mean? yeah, like where was like you know Huntress or like you know people like that, you know? Yeah. So I think I think that's the that's something that I really wish they would focus on for the next game. Like, it doesn't even have to be major niggas. If you give me just Strange and Daredevil, fine. Like you know what I mean, but like. It needs more because the Avengers and no other New York superheroes being there while all this shit is happening, it just doesn't make sense. You know? What I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure. Like the Avengers, huh? <laughs> how you how you claim the hood but we never see you? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> like no Tony Stark's flying around, nigga. Like Fantastic Four, the bastard buildings in the game, but it's like they no jet outside. Like where are these niggas? You know. So I will say about at least Daredevil. They people have noticed that the 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 Murdoch and Nelson sign has been vacated in the game because people went and put up on the the landmark, mm-hmm. um, and the Insomniac has basically put out something to the effect of "Stay tuned," okay. um, which means we might be getting a Daredevil DLC. And that's something very very that would be something very good, not only as just something cool that connects to the MCU like right now, but if if Spider Man had a superhero best friend. It will be Matt Murdock, right? Absolutely, and that's and that and we see it in Chip Darsky's Dare, literally his last Daredevil run. The only motherfucker who could get through the Spider Man or could get through the Daredevil who can talk him off a ledge is Peter Parker for two reasons. One, everyone loves and respects Spider Man. Well, take that back. Everyone loves Spider Man. Not all the superheroes respect him. But that's besides the point. <laughs> the Avengers didn't exactly. But number two is very few of them can whoop his ass. Right. No matter if the motherfucker can, is it actually a trained fighter depending on the depiction or not, very seldom few of them can whoop his ass, including Luke Cage. Right? P- 
people fun like every time someone fights spider-man their thing is like damn this nigga is hard to punch like even even when you hit him right damn my hand hurts a lot it's people talk about the equivalent of hitting superman if you hit superman you will shatter your damn hand bro his 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 chest is literally solid rock for all types <laughs> of purposes peter parker's jaw is basically solid rock if somebody hits him they will shatter their damn wrist or if he really hit somebody, like really, like <laughs> it, yo, listen, Superior Spider-Man issue one or two. I think I take it back. It might have been three, honestly and truly. Otto Octavius in Peter Parker's body, not knowing how much this nigga actually holds back, fights Scorpion for the first time and takes his whole fucking jaw off on accident. Because he ain't know how strong Spider-Man was. He did not know how much Peter Parker was trying not to whoop his ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Daredevil and Spider Man are bros, dudes being guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and after this story, we might have like Peter losing his confidence for a bit. The next, the next motherfucker, the most, most apropos motherfucker, not named Misty Knight, to teach Miles Morales a thing or two is Matt Murdock. Yeah, he's the one that works for both of them, not just for one of them, but for both of them. Absolutely, I, that that will work it out. Um, yeah, I I hope we get Daredevil. I yeah, really man. hope we get Daredevil. I really do. I really do. Um, and I'm wanting to see Strange too. He's been handing that more heavily than Daredevil. I feel like in these games, like I, you know, Doctor Strange is gonna be very important come Kang Dynasty. Um, despite yeah. the fact that he fucks up every big magical moment, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um. Also, Spider-Man 2 broke a record, sold more than 2.5 million copies in the first 24 hours, breaking a PlayStation Studios record, uh, or setting a PlayStation Studios record. Um, I can't give you all a full review right now because I haven't finished the game, but I can't wait to be like Van and tell you all everything I know about that or everything I feel about this next week. Yeah, um, that's, that's good, man. And that's all I have for this week. Anything you got to leave with the people before we hop into the soapbox? Uh, nah, I think that's it. We run a little long this week, so we can skip the soapbox. Uh, don't right. go see Lauren Hill in concert. That's my that's the soapbox. Did you did you did you do that? No, but I've been watching horror stories on TikTok. Niggas <laughs> is tired of these uh these remixes you're doing at these shows. So. Hey, hey man, that people who still going to Lauren Hill concerts ten years after uh three hours gate is wild. Yeah, um, I went to go see her shows at eight. She didn't come on to eleven thirty. So that was years ago. That shit is crazy. Yeah. Uh, make sure to tap into the luck out. Tap into the subslide, dubs lie. Um, tap into the A show once again. Once again, congratulations to Justin and Meals in six years. Love y'all so much. Um, shout out to the War Report. Shout out to the Rewriters Room. Shout out to the special content the Black Print did today. Seeing Justin Justice Deku was not something I thought I was going to see, but that made me very happy. Thank you for that. Um, in addition, we might have some football related coming to y'all soon with the homie. Um, yeah. So make sure to follow us at BlackBerry and RNC. Make sure to follow, to subscribe to the Patreon for something for something as low as three dollars. Patreon.com backslash the BlackBerry and RNC. Um, we're subscribed to the channel and the podcast feeds on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, and we're in a weird space in life right now, and I did mean that particularly because we are seeing people lose their jobs and livelihoods and like aspirations for saying things like Palestine should be free. Um, but I, I want to tell everybody, I hope you do not get deterred from caring about your fellow man because of this. Um, that is something I've struggled with my whole life, just belief in people generally. 
And I got to tell y'all, you should always believe in your people, no matter what, because your people will always pull you out of some shit and your people always got your back. No matter what you're going through in life, your people are always been there for you and you owe it to them to be, to be there for them as well. So those are my wild words. We will see y'all for 176 next week. We out. Peace.